Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Been all over the place here today on the Kenny and JT Show. Cavaliers, a surprise win last night at Madison Square Garden and their three-game losing streak. We still don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play Sunday against Arizona, getting you ready for high school football playoffs. Week number two here coming up a little later on in the show. But right now we want to go to the hotline and bring in um, a special guest because uh, when I heard the story last night that uh, the general, Robert Montgomery Knight, passed away at the age of 83, I started thinking about him and I thought, well, I know somebody who would uh, be able to tell us more about him as a person, as a coach, experiences, good and bad, all of the above, because he played for him at Indiana, he coached with him at Indiana, and he's one of us now. He's a media member. Catch Don't At Me with Dan Dockich Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern on Outkick.com, YouTube, uh, and Twitter. And you can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Dockich, and he is Dan Dockich joining us right now. How are you, Dan? Hey, I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? Thanks for having me out, big boy. Always good to catch up with you, Dan, and talk sports. Uh, unfortunately, uh, today, and I know Bobby had been dealing with illnesses, uh, you know, over the last uh, years of his life, and he passes away last night at the age uh, of 83. Dan, were, were you aware that uh, it, it was coming sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think most of us were, you know, uh, we've been told, in fact, Mike Woodson said it at the Midnight Madness or whatever you call it at Indiana, you know, prayers for Coach Knight. And he had been struggling. I had not talked to him. I've not really talked to him in a long time. But uh, people that had had kept me abreast and said, hey, uh, this isn't going well. This isn't going to be long. And, you know, it. it uh, my first thought, I was out to dinner with my wife uh, when it started hitting. And uh, one of the team doctors texted me about it and said he passed. And my first thought was, you know, uh, for his two sons, we all think of Coach Knight as a coach, right? He's a coach, and he's uh, basketball, but, you know, he's a dad, and uh, I don't care how old you are. I lost my dad when I was 52, uh, eight years ago, and uh, I miss him every day, you know, and I first thought about them, and then you know what else I thought, Kenny? And this has been on my mind for a while about Coach Knight. Um, Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, whatever, is it, horrible. Yeah, I mean, horrible. And here's a guy in Bob Knight that, man, you know, had the greatest mind that I've ever been around. And I've been around pretty smart people, but his mind was incredible, not just for basketball, but it was incredible for a variety of things. And I, I wished that his mind, he could have been a mentor. Like, you know, John Wood and coaches would come all over and from all over to sit in John Wooden's apartment and talk to him about basketball and life and experiences and stuff like that. And I really, 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 uh, it made me hate. It, it made me hate dementia. It made me hate this awful disease because it robbed a lot of people from getting to experience what I got to experience for 16 years was being around a brilliant man, a basketball man, obviously, but uh, brilliant in more than just basketball. Let's put it that way. 
you played for him. Let's start there, Dan. I think 81 through 85, you're recruited out of high school. You go to IU. You play for him. Uh, From your experiences, share with our audience what Bobby Knight was like as a head coach to you. Very fair. Uh, Tough, and I'll get into that, but very, very fair. Like, you know, so many of these coaches now, they get uh, eight guys, and those are my eight guys, and Wooden did that. Uh, Coach Knight never did. Uh, We had a red team, which was the first team, and we had a white team, which was the second team. You know, the jerseys would flip and practice. and Man, you worked like crazy. I did anyway uh, to get on the red team. And then when you got on the red team, man, you had to keep your job. You had to play well. And he was fair. It was never one of those deals. I'll, I'll give you a story. When I was a freshman, we go to Kentucky, and we we get pounded. They had Turpin and Bowie, all these guys. We we were, you know, he was coming off a national championship, uh, and you know we we'd lost Isaiah, we'd lost Landon Turner, we lost guys. So we were figuring out our team, and I'm the last guy to get in, man. I mean, the last guy. And about eight minutes ago, we're down 20, whatever, and I play okay. I get a couple steals. We actually made some shots. We cut the lead, and I played really well. And I started the next six, seven, eight games, and pretty much, you know, half the time the rest of my senior, my freshman year. And a lot of places that wouldn't happen. A lot of places mm-hmm. you might get in and play well, and the coach is married to the guys that he played, but he was always fair. That, that always hit me. And that's something that I took into my coaching career, whether you were a walk on, if you played well, you were going to get an opportunity. If you didn't, then somebody else was going to get the opportunity. And he was tough, uh, really tough, crazy tough. Um, but it was our thing, Kenny, you know, people didn't like it. Well, good. Okay. I get it. You don't like it. Well, coach Knight's insane. And you guys are crazy for playing for him. Okay. That's cool. That's great, but it was like the mob, La Costa Nostra. It's our thing, man. It's uh, you don't like it, all right? Yeah, you like it, great. Join us. Um, it was crazy when I think back on it. You couldn't do some of the stuff. Uh, we we lost my first game in, in college. We beat Miami by twenty, but it's not good enough. Knight kicks us out of the locker room. All our stuff goes into the football locker room. We're not good enough. Your IU football, you guys stink like IU football. Dress with them. Uh, we practiced the next morning at six in the morning. My roommate broke his arm in a loose ball drill. Um, imagine doing that stuff today, man. Uh, so yeah, it was insane. I look back on it. It was really insane, but it was our thing. And you know what? You didn't like it. Good. Some writer didn't like it. Good. Some reporter didn't like it. Good. I mean, that's cool, but we were going to keep doing our thing. Cause we all believed in him. We all knew he came to work every day. We all knew he was only about our basketball program and making us better. And you know what? We didn't care about the outside stuff. It was kind of weird, really. Great talking with Dan Dockage, former Indiana basketball player, assistant coach uh, under Bobby Knight also, where I got to know Dan when he was the head coach uh, at Bowling Green, Isaac Zumba. Ah, for you there, Dan. So uh, I have uh, great memories of our uh, first meeting uh, and live uh, on the radio encounter. So uh, we've remained friends over the years, both in the media now. Uh, and that's why we love having you on, because you get it as a player, a coach, but now as a media member as well. So you're able to, to share things like this, uh, you know, about Bobby Knight. Uh, I've I've heard this about Bobby today. All right, I've heard great coach. I've heard polarizing figure. I've heard controversial. I've heard bully. I've heard legend. I've heard icon. How would you describe him? Uh, how would I describe him? Probably all those ways. I mean, I, I describe him 
as a guy that I loved playing for, I loved working for, but frankly, when I, when I got out uh, and I got into the media, I didn't like. I didn't like some of the things that he did when I was doing Big Ten games on Tuesdays and Thursdays at ESPN, and he wanted that job, and he would badmouth me. But that's, you know, what, what are you going to do? That's the way the world works. Yeah. Um, but, I, 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 you know, I would say all those things. Yeah, he was a bully. He bullied his way. Bullied players to get him to be better. I never looked at the word bully with him in a bad way, at least with players, maybe with the media or maybe with other people. Uh, icon, definitely legend. Yeah, in the state of Indiana, uh, mean, sure, uh, angry. I think he got angry later on uh, in his career when he knew he didn't work hard enough at recruiting. And I think, you know, when you saw outbursts, uh, a lot of them were later in his career. And I remember telling him, I go, man, you feel guilty, huh? I mean, you know, you you, you you're mad all the time. You, you didn't used to be mad, you know. But uh, I would say all those things. And, you know, here's the thing. Unless you're like Mother Teresa or unless you're like on the total right side of the media, every person that's great in different jobs a lot of times get described like that. Dude, you know, Steve Jobs was that way. You know, all these guys, these captains of industry, uh, Warren Buffett's described that way. Lee Iacocca with Chrysler was described that way. I mean – you know, Michael Jordan, I think, said in one of them documentaries, yeah. comes with a price, and sometimes that price is you got to be, you got to be harder on people than people want you to be, and that comes off bad sometimes. But the, the thing about it, fellas, is this: I was just talking to a guy, I did an interview, and, and it's just hit me. You know, you talk to coaches now, particularly coaches that take over a job, and they they talk about buy-in. We got to get buy-in from players. We got to. I never. One time in 16 years, even talked about or thought about players buying in. It was just assumed at Indiana, and I'm sure it was the same way during the 80s at Kentucky and at North Carolina. Hey, look, you're here. Uh, you better do what the hell the coach says. Right. So there was no, there was no worrying. I remember Crean asked me to talk to Indiana's team, and. I looked up at all the banners that I had been a part of, and I've been there 16 years. We we won some Big Tens and got to the Final Four, won national championship, that kind of thing. And I and I said, fellas, I said I don't understand when you come to Indiana worrying about buying in. You came to Indiana to win. You, that's what you do. You sacrifice. Like people make fun of me all the time. Well, you only average three points a game. Yeah, I know, but I got the captain of Elite Eight team, right? And a Big Ten championship team, and start on an elite eight team and you know all that stuff i said you sacrifice when you come to indiana but you don't worry about buying you know what i mean kenny you don't worry about hey look you, you come to indiana you go to north carolina you play for dean smith there ain't no whether or not you're gonna buy in or not you buy your ass in <laughs> i mean period you know so i, I did that just hit me today we never worried about buying never and, and you know what's funny about that i never played at the level you did dan but i was decent in high school and was a good player on my high school team, but never won anything. And then in a summer league, I got picked to play on a very good team where I was like the eighth or ninth guy. Well, guess what? We won the championship. Guess where I had more fun, 
right? When, sure. when you win a championship. And, yeah, your role's sure. smaller, but if you buy in, Rich Allsbury was my coach. He was a referee in high school games, uh, asked me to play for his team, the Icemen. I was honored to do so, and, and it's the best time I ever had playing basketball. Yeah, that's the thing. that that you know, And, and people always say, well, kids today are different. Eh, maybe they are. But I, I've always said, and I think Coach Knight taught me this, adults are different. They're afraid. You can't be. He was, I will say this, he, he was smart. He, you know, the one fallacy, and again, um, the one fallacy about Coach Knight is, well, he treated everybody the same. Oh, the hell he did. I remember when I was a freshman, Randy Whitman and Ted Kitzer were all Americans, and we had a bad practice, and one of the players that had a bad practice was a returner, a really good player named Jimmy Thomas. And Coach Knight is yelling, like crushing Randy Whitman and Ted Kitchell. And I'm thinking, what the hell did they do? Like, you know, well, he knew that Randy and Ted could handle what Jimmy Thomas couldn't handle. Okay. And I remember, like, being fascinated by this. Like, wow, because I've never seen this. My high school coach, you know, you're in high school. I mean, hell, we went to the state finals. We didn't even scout the team. We played in the state finals. Uh, My coach was like, hey, look, we're going to do what we do. Don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, because we were good. And I never knew what a scout team was. I never knew what a um, uh, I never knew what a film study was. I never we never did any of that. <laughs> so um, this was all very new to me. And Knight knew who could handle stuff and Knight knew who couldn't handle stuff. And Knight knew who to when to kind of turn his head. Uh, when guys were being idiots and Knight knew when to straighten different guys out. He, he was a master psychologist who studied, and that's the thing. He worked at it, man. He, he didn't work at recruiting, and he and I got very sideways in my last couple of years because uh, he wouldn't go see Jacques Vaughn. He wouldn't recruit Rafe LaFrenz. It was like, and they were on our campus, and, you know, we, we, we had a couple knockdown dragouts about that and where, you know, I thought I was fired and done for the rest of my life, and Gonna have to work in Gary, Indiana, in a steel mill, but uh, you know it didn't. Right. But uh, you know that's that's part of it too. When you got a bunch of alpha males around, it's just it's a little crazy sometimes. Dan Dockich is our guest, and we're talking about Bobby Knight, who passed away last night at the age of 83. I I would like you to tell the story, and before we get you to tell it, Brian, cut number two on Michael Jordan, because this will lead into Dan's story, okay? Uh, And this was Bobby Knight talking about who he thought was the greatest basketball player uh, he has ever seen. Go ahead, hit the audio. The kid is just an absolutely uh, great kid. If I were going to pick uh, the Three or four best athletes I've ever seen play basketball, he'd be one of them. I think he's the best athlete I've ever seen play basketball, bar none. If I were going to pick people with the best ability I'd ever seen play the game, he'd be one of them. If I were going to pick the best competitors that I'd ever seen play, he'd be one of them. So in the categories of competitiveness, ability, uh, skill, and then uh, athletic ability, uh, he's the best athlete, he's one of the best competitors, he's one of the most skilled players. And, and that, to me, makes him the best basketball player that I've ever seen play. Okay, coming from Bobby Knight, that's high praise. So share with our audience what Bobby Knight uh, elected to do with you in what would be Michael Jordan's final game at North Carolina, Dan Dockage. Well, he knew he had a better athlete, so he put me on him, and we kicked his ass. That's what I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean you, know, you know what's really interesting about that, that clip? Now, I, 
first time I've heard that in a long time. Uh, but, you know, one of the – when we beat Carolina, and then that was 84, and the Olympics were that summer, so, you know, uh, some of our assistant coaches, you know, were helping out during practice all summer. The practices were in Bloomington, that kind of thing. I remember Jimmy Cruz, one of our assistants, going, you know, you're going to be remembered for guarding and beating the best basketball player that ever lived. And I looked at him. I'm like, come on, man. You know, like, I'm, you know, I grew up, it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was still in his prime, right? Will right. Chamberlain. But after that Summer Olympics, and that's when Coach Knight was talking about, that's when he, he, he spoke on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what those guys felt because Michael Jordan made that kind of impression on them. And we did beat them. Uh, Alford got on fire. And, uh, but you know, Kenny, here's the thing. And this is the other thing I learned about being around coach. Knight. You know, you got to have expectations. Like you had an expectation at Indiana that you were going to graduate and you were going to graduate with a meaningful degree, an expectation that if you're at Indiana, you're supposed to beat North Carolina. I don't give a damn. They got Michael Jordan, and Brad Doherty and say, I don't care who they got. You're Indiana. You know, what are you talking about here? They're not supposed to lose to Kentucky. You're not supposed to, just because you're playing the number one team in the country, uh, you're supposed to beat them. And that is something that, man, I, I really took away from my time at Indiana. You know, if you raise expectations on people, chances are they're going to meet them. If you lower expectations on people, chances are they're going to you're going to meet they're going to meet them. And uh, he had high man. It didn't matter if you were. Well, uh, I don't mean, or if you were Isaiah, it didn't matter. Your expectations were the same. You're supposed to beat whoever the hell we're playing. You're supposed to work your ass off every single day. You better go to school because uh, if you don't, you're going to be up at 5 in the morning and you better not cause any trouble. Have a great time. Basketball players in Indiana, myself included, we had a great time. I mean, a freaking great time. But we weren't there to cause any trouble. And if you did, I can only imagine having to – I never got into any trouble, never, zip. I did a lot of crazy stuff, but I never got into any trouble where I had to sit there and go, oh, man, I got to meet Coach Knight Sunday morning after a crazy night Saturday. And I think fear was a big part of that. That's not a bad thing. There were two guys who could hold Michael Jordan in college under 20 <laughs> points. Dean Smith and our guest right now who held him to there 13 points, Dan Dockich. Uh, and uh, he's sharing some stories with us about playing for and coaching with uh, Bobby Knight. How do you think he is remembered uh, throughout uh, the, the coaching ranks, Dan? Coaching ranks, he's regarded on a pedestal. I heard Jim Beheim today talking about Dean Smith, Bob Knight. John Wooden. Uh, people ranks, I would say that it's not so good. I would say that people in their 40s or less see a crazy man. I, I, you know, they see all these different things. They see, you know, that the, the, if my time on earth is through, they can kiss my back. So, you know, that kind yeah. of, they see a chair. Maybe they know about Texas Tech, but they don't, they don't really know. It's a circle of life, man. They don't really know uh, about what he did at Indiana or at least don't have a you know any kind of recollection and that's just the way the world works man I mean you know and he knew that I knew that everybody you know everybody knows that you know what there's gonna be somebody else coming you know coming up and uh but I think that's the way he's remembered and it's unfortunate because you know like like you've said today those of us that played for him you know we know the greatness but it'd be like 
I always equate it to it'd be like me sitting there as a high school kid listening to somebody tell me how great Branch McCracken was or something like that. I wouldn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I live in a more practical world, but uh, that's the way I look at it. And it. You know, but to us, like I said, the people in the state of Indiana, uh, and I hope the players at Indiana, the current players at Indiana, are paying attention because Indiana has been irrelevant. Let's just call it what it is. Mm. Indiana players are, you know, they beat Wyoming in a first four game and they're making TikTok videos and and all this stupid stuff. That's not who Indiana was. So I'm kind of hoping that the players at Indiana are seeing all of these, all of these, uh, thrown at coach Knight and Mm. they, they maybe see that this is a program that should be different than what it is right now. Hey, Dan, thanks for making time for us. Great insight uh, on uh, Robert Montgomery night. We appreciate it uh, and look forward to chatting with you down the road about other things uh, related to hoops. All right. Thanks, brother. Anytime. Thanks, guys. See you later. All right. Be well. There he is. Catch Don't At Me with Dan Dockich Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern on Outkick.com, on YouTube, on Twitter. And you can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Dockich. That's D-A-K-I-C-H. And great perspective uh, from him. And uh, just listening to Dan, and like I said, I go go back uh, with Dan. When did he coach at BG? Go back to 97. So we've known each other now, what, 25 years? And he, he never pulls punches, and Dan can ruffle some feathers uh, with his uh, approach to uh, talk shows and, and everything like that. But I, I think you heard him tell you there the good and the bad of Bobby Knight, right? Both sides. He hadn't talked to him in a while. And they had, uh, you know, had it out one time as adults, as coaches, about recruiting in that. But he loved playing for him and was the basketball player he was in part uh, you know, due to the way Bobby Knight coached him. And so I think that's what, what I'm hearing a lot of. I'm hearing a lot, reading a lot today about, uh, you know, the general in that there was a good side of him and there was a bad side of him. But we, we've all made mistakes. We all have, uh, you know, maybe a, a little bad in us, right, that, that comes out at times. But for him, it was in a public setting. I don't know if I could have played for uh, Bobby Knight. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I wasn't good enough, first of all, to do so coming out of college Dan Dan and I are about uh, two years off age-wise so I was I was playing high school basketball same time Dan was but he was playing it in Indiana where it is high school basketball like high school football in Stark County that's equivalent to high school basketball in Indiana that's why you have the movie Hoosiers right you do Hickory High School Norman Dale far that's how many times you pass the ball that that's the way it was it's a religion there. I don't know if it still is as fanatical as it once was, but it's still important. And so for Dan to play for a state title in the state of Indiana and then go to IU and start for IU and be a two-time captain for Bobby Knight, and IU and Bobby Knight comes in and says, hey, you're guarding Michael Jordan tomorrow when we play North Carolina in what Sweet 16, Elite 8, whatever that was, and it was Michael's last College game because they lost. That was it. And then he went to the pros. So the last guy that Michael played against in college was Dan Dockich and head coach Bobby Knight. And then what does Knight get to do? Knight gets to coach him that summer in the Olympics and said what he said about him, which was, you know, uh, high praise from 
Bobby Knight when he talks about an individual that way because he was all about the team. Brian Novak and I were chatting. We were trying to figure who's the greatest player Bobby probably had as far as NBA success. It was Isaiah Thomas. But he won three national championships. Steve Alford was a heck of a uh, college player but didn't do doodly squat in the pros, right? Then he went on as a head coach. So Bobby had guys that fit his system, and everybody accepted their role kind of like Bill Belichick almost, although Belichick had the greatest quarterback ever in uh, Tom Brady, and we're finding out maybe it was more Brady than Belichick. But you get my point. Do your job is Belichick's famous quote, right? You're 111th of the process. If all 11 guys do their job, then we will win that play. Do that every play for four quarters, and we will win the game. That's the Belichick approach. Well, Bobby Knight was similar. We have our system at Indiana. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm going to find guys that fit my system. And uh, he won three national championships that way. And between there and uh, where else? Texas Tech and I think an Army. He won over 900 games. So it was successful for him. And then he produced arguably the second greatest basketball coach ever who played for him, right? And Mike Krzyzewski next to John Wooden. Those are, you know, those are the ones that I would put up there. So um, sad to hear, but as Dan told you at the beginning of that interview, a lot of people knew that, unfortunately, his health was deteriorating, Alzheimer's, dementia. It's it's a terrible, terrible thing. And I know I saw somewhere today, you know, in lieu of flowers or anything else, if you want to send a donation, uh, you know, on behalf of Coach Knight to, uh, you know, uh, whatever the Alzheimer Research Center is, uh, that, that would be very appreciative.